Welcome, Rick Rats, to the Blackhawk Ringcast Episode 6, sponsored by PuckHockey.com. That's P-U-C-K-H-E-K-Y.com. Use the discount code THERINK to get 10% off on all of your Christmas purchases. Uh, today is Thursday, December 7th, 2017, which is Pearl Harbor Day. I'm Jeff Osborne, better known as Gatekeeper, and I am joined by my good friend and co-host, John Jekyll. And we, are, uh, and we are your trusted sources for the newest hockey hangout, the-rink.com. Hello, sir. Hey, man. What's going on? <laughs> Seriously, these potato heads have to be the unsexiest mob of all time. <laughs> <sighs> uh, so we're all angry and fired up today. Uh, we were supposed to be joined by Aaron, but he got, he's running a little late, so we, we're probably going to miss him today. But... Uh, uh, <clears throat> Everyone got to listen to him in the last uh, podcast, so we did our little uh, post-Wolves game, po- post-Wolves slash Ice Hogs uh, podcast, and he was on that, so at least uh, you've gotten a little taste of him, so. But anyway, um, so Blackhawks, huh? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, since we uh, last recorded, I mean, the Blackhawks have gone 2-3-3, three, and three. Which is not good. No. Um, I mean, they lost uh, to the Lightning, which everyone kind of, uh, you know, no one's really surprised. They're the hottest team in the, you know, one of the, or the hottest team in the Eastern Conference. Uh, they beat the Panthers, which they should have beaten. They beat the Ducks, which they should have beaten. And then uh, lost to the Preds, lost to the Stars twice, lost to the Kings, and then yesterday lost to Washington 6-2. to So, I mean, uh, you know... I'm really actually pretty surprised that there isn't more panic and, and, and I don't, and I don't mean Dick fucking panic either, but I'm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm surprised that, that, that we're not seeing a little more panic in Blackhawks land than we are. They're actually buying the, you know, this, you know, trust in the system. Stan knows what he's doing kind of thing, but I, you know, it's, there's cracks, there's cracks in this foundation. There are cracks in this foundation. This yeah. this is true. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where to begin. I mean, I I posted a long blog today, um, identifying some things that you know. I I don't know if they're problems. I don't know if they're solutions. But it's I, I the thing is, it's you know, it's so funny. I mean, uh, <laughs> I heard some today. Somebody was talking about on Twitter about moving Boma up to the first line, and it's like you know what. Great. But, you know, there's so many problems and I don't think it's like any one thing. I don't think Vincent Estroza getting called up from Rockford is this thing that's going to suddenly turn this team around. I just there's so many problems. I mean, start with the power play and go from there. I mean, um, yeah, you know, it's just not that good of a team. I mean, I think we got to start facing it and then look at what that means, not just this year, but going forward and what kind of decisions do they make between now and the trade deadline? Yeah, I mean, I mean, some people started asking questions today, like, "Oh, hey, if they're you know if they're out of a if they're out of a playoff uh, if they're out of a playoff spot, are they gonna you know sell? Are they gonna sell all these guys?" I don't think Bowman hasn't been in that position. Like, I don't know that he will. I I fully believe that Bowman's gonna you know oh we're gonna stick it out to the end and 
we're going to pull this out. There's going to, you know, I'm going to fix it somehow. And he's going to be a buyer rather than a seller, you know, whether or not he should be just, you know, based on his ego. Well, yeah. Um, you know, the thing about that is, uh, at some point he's going to be held accountable. I mean, John McDonough, you know, I, I think when he talks about the fact that the organization will not it will not accept that kind of mediocrity, I think he means it. And I just I feel like the 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 tone of this organization when things go badly is never good or constructive. It's very much about you know holding people accountable. And um, I, I think you know to, for, to blame it all on Quinville. I mean Quinville may be at this point a problem. You know there's there's whispers out there. You know, now we're hearing it from a, a couple of different sources, you know, one of at least one of which is highly questionable. But, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. there's there's uh, there's whispers out there that, that you know, the Quinville's maybe lost the team. And, you know, in my blog today, I, I alluded to the fact that, you know, at some point, if they they have to be trying different things on the power play, but it feels like the power play always goes back to the same thing. And maybe it's because the players, you know, these are guys paid 10, 10 and a half million dollars a year. Um, maybe they think that they know enough where, you know, they're right. And the coaching staff is wrong or the coaching staff has just given up. I don't know. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is, and I talked about it today, they have $32 million a year wrapped up in Patrick Kane, Brent Seabrook and Artem Anisimov. And the only reason I brought that up is because those are the, the players who've been signed most recently to really big contracts and uh, but all those players play on the on the power play, and why are why are you not getting any results? And at some point, yes, someone has to be held accountable. Um, and since you can't just trade those players, they all have n- no movement clauses. Um, you know, um, there's huge marketing implications for trading Kane or Taves. Um, so it's either the coach or it's the GM who signed them to those contracts, three of which were signed with a year left on the previous contracts for those players. And one of them um, hadn't even played a, a single shift for the Blackhawks before he was extended. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, luckily yeah, it's worked and, out and Isamov has played well, but still, I mean. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, it seems like, and you, you, you alluded to like, you know, that they seem to keep going back to the same old, same old. Quenville seems this, he does it with the lines too. Like he he did this whole mix up yesterday, which you know was a huge tire fire. Uh, none of it yeah. really worked. They didn't they didn't really have much pressure on any certain line. The power play was terrible. Um, but he, and and then he just goes right back to what he, you know. I was surprised that it made it you know pretty much the whole game. I mean he benched Hartman, and uh, you know later on in the game. But uh, for more, you know, other than that, the lines pretty much stayed intact from what he had been toying with for the previous couple days, which is unusual for him. Usually if it doesn't work for a period or a period and a half, he's right back to the blender and, you know, old faithful. So I don't know if he even knows what he's doing out there, to be honest with you. I I think he's kind of dumbfounded that none of this is working. And then if that's the case, and I, I listen, I'm a big Joel Quinville fan. I mean, I don't know how you argue with, you know, what he's done for this team over the years, but you know, if that's the case, then maybe it is time for a change. And and it doesn't really even matter at this point if it's this year, because 
you know, they're they're not going anywhere this year anyway. Um, but uh, you know, um, I think I think that's the thing. I I don't think there's a solution this year. I think you know what you see is what you get this year, and it's it's just not going to be very pretty the rest of the year. You know, maybe there's some good stories that emerge, and and maybe you know there's some some younger players who get a shot, and we we start to see, you know, what some of those guys can do. Um, that's, you know, but as far as you know, then I think you got to start thinking about next year, and the and, you know, maybe um, at the uh, at the trade deadline, the Hawks are selling instead of buying. You know, um, well, you'd think you'd hope that they that that they would, you know, step back, have a hu- little humility, and say, hey, you know what we're not going to do anything this year. So maybe we should try and get something for some of these assets. But um, like, like, like I mentioned before, I don't know that that Bowman has it in him at this point in time with his ego. And uh, I think, you know, I really honestly think that uh, he thinks that he's pushed a majority of the right buttons. And well, he says that, I mean, he's, he's a master of, you know, putting stuff out there that, um, you know, makes him look good and, and helps his position. And, you know, as a GM, that's, that's an admirable trait. Um, but, you know, he's, he's very much always thinking about, you know, sort of the, the public uh, perception that his words have, you know, which, which is why we get things like our big trade deadline ac- acquisition is going to be Dylan Sakura. Yeah. You know, you know, he's building up his prospect. He's trying to strengthen his bargaining position. Um, but he says things that go to such an extreme that it's like, come on, man, <laughs> really? Well, yeah, yeah. And, and, and over the years, it's, you know, trust Bowman, trust the plan, trust Bowman, trust the plan. Now Bowman's putting, floating out this, this silliness and, uh, people are actually buying into it a little bit, like with the Sakura thing. And I mean, I, I don't care how good Dylan Sakura is. I don't care if he wins the Holy Baker or what he's, he's, he's not going to step in and, and turn this team around. No matter what he does. Sadly, there are there are those among our Blackhawk fan brethren who will buy that hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, he's the next to bring cat. Well, that you know? and and Vinny and Estros, I mean, right. We've talked about Vinny. Sure, he's a good player. He's got some good attributes. He's he's playing good hockey. He, he you know he's coming this year and he's playing his best hockey that he's pretty much ever played in the in the pros. And sure, he could come up and he might be able to do a couple of things bring some speed, maybe a little bit of, you know, whatever, but he's not going to be the solution to this problem. There is no, no one person that is the solution to the Blackhawks problem. And that's the problem. Right. You know, I, I mean, so, you know, in our little, you know, private hockey chat thing, you know, some people are like, well, you know, what if you did this or what if you did that? But who right. do you acquire at this point in time? I mean, let's say that, Salary cap is off the, you know, is, 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 is off the table. You don't have to worry about salary cap who out there that's available is going to make a difference big enough to make this team go make a deep run into the playoffs. Well, you know, and here's the other thing too. I mean, I, I, at times with this team over the years, have reached a point where I just despair. And then I find out, you know, by within a month or two that I was jumping the gun and I was wrong this time around, it's really hard to imagine. I mean, they could peel off five straight here, you know, but it's just really hard to imagine um, where this team is today, what we've seen of it so far this year, and the fact that there just don't seem to be any answers. You know, Quenville tries to move the lines around. 
and um it just you, you and i you know i talked about it in the blog today and again you know people people can disagree and people can have other theories but I, I just feel like there's three or four things that are, are just chronically wrong with this team and some of them go back a couple of years and bowman did not address them in the offseason and, and maybe he's planning on doing so before the trade trade deadline at least one of them but again, I mean, if you go out and get a top six left wing, which I think is still a need on this team, um, is that guy going to be good enough to, to fix a broken power play? And in my opinion, um, you got you have very expensive players on that power play who keep doing the same crap over and over again and expecting a different result. And I'm not sure that getting another guy on there is going to make it all that much better. I mean, can you get Panarin back? No. Um so I, I don't know, you know, it just, it, it's, it's, it's hard to imagine them doing anything this year. And then the fact that they'd have to give up something like a Debrinkat or a Gustav Forsling, or at least a first round pick to get a, a quality top six left wing. Um, and why? So you could become a bubble team. <laughs> yeah. Know? Right. It just, it, it's really, that's where we're at. I mean, we're looking up, we're looking at the future now. I yeah. think, and that's a whole different conversation about this team. Yeah, I mean, you have to give up something to get something. Yeah, and they don't have enough to give. You know, they don't have a lot of stuff to give up to get something of quality. Sure, they've got Michael Kepney not playing a lot, but what's he going to get you back? You said like you know what, third round third, pick, yeah, maybe. third round pick, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. he hasn't played in what five games, eight games, whatever it is. Um, yeah. You know, sure, Debrinket could get you something, but you're losing what Debrinket. The one thing that Debrinket's actually bringing is, you know, a handful of goals. You're then you're losing yeah. that, and uh, and are you yeah, going to be able to replace yeah, that? Yeah. Uh, Debrinket, you know what? I listen. The more okay. I watch him, the more I see a guy who who really has some very high end skill um, with a puck on his blade, uh, and and you know, yeah, there's a there's a guy, young kid. He seems to have a really good attitude. Um, sure. You know, he's occasionally he gets ragdolled in the corners and he's probably never going to be a great defensive player, but you know, he, he works hard. Um, and he's got, he's got some real high end skill and great. Keep him around. He's cheap right now while he's on an entry level contract. Great. Um, so you can't really get, you can't really afford to give him up. He's probably a piece you want to build around. Um, you know, it used to be, you know, you could you could give up a class Dahlbeck or a first round pick at the deadline to to add some pieces and and optimize the team for a long playoff run. This team's not going to have that, you know. So um, you got to start looking at guys like Forsling and Debrinket as guys you want to have around, um, especially because, like I said today, the 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 best players are not the best players. The guys that you have multi million dollars wrapped up in for several years with no with no movement clauses. Um, the only one of those guys, you know, the, the five core guys you have left, the only one who's giving you value for, for the money is Corey Crawford. Yeah. The other, the rest of them aren't including Patrick Kane. Yeah. And, and, and to, to segue into Corey Crawford, I mean, look what's happened since he's gone down with his injury and, uh, you know, Forsberg's okay. He's, he's, he's a decent backup. He's not, you know, they've had yeah. much worse. I mean, they, they, yeah. when they brought Javi Bullen back. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I mean, he's not terrible, but he had a he had an awful game yesterday. And yeah. uh, you know, Barube came in and the game was out of hand at that point anyway. But um, you know, it when they don't have Corey Crawford carrying them, 
they're even less of a good team. And, you know, yeah. they, they're, they're talking about, you know, Corey Crawford's going to come back, da, 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 whatever. This could be a lingering injury. It was lingering before. They told us that th- this is an injury that had been going on for a while and it had been lingering and it just got worse. So they finally decided to set him down and rest him. That doesn't mean yeah. it's going to be completely healed when he comes back. That means it's, he's going to be playable. Yeah, I mean, if it's his hips or his groin, which is kind of what it looked like to me, um, that yeah, could be like a, a long injury. It looked like yeah. a groin to me, and that, and that's yeah. a lot. You know, especially when you're out there, you know, taxing yeah. yourself game after game after game. I mean, it, it slowly heals, very slowly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's that's a point of concern with with Corey Crawford, and, and again, you know, this is just like every other year. Corey Crawford always gets hurt at one point in time or another. And, yeah. uh, you know, I even Scott Darling couldn't help him this time around. So. Even Darling. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know, today it was, uh, you know, it was announced that uh, Tanner Care was put on waivers and everyone's, you know. Oh, my like, God. Yeah, there's a parade outside probably and uh, down Michigan Avenue. Hey, they finally listened to us and put Tanner Care on waivers and he's going to be sent down to Rockford and the great Vinny Henestrosa is going to come up and score a thousand goals, which is not going to happen. <laughs> and that long line of NHL teams waiting to pounce on Tanner Caro. Yeah. 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 That was the other oh, thing. Finally, wins Caro. Yeah. let's get him. People. I don't think people understand that, you know, 90%, 95% of people that go through waivers don't get picked up. Even better players than Tanner Carroll don't get yeah. picked up. So, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. Unless, you know, if, if there was a team out there that really wanted Tanner Carroll, Stan Bowman probably would have traded him by now. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, and I'm not, I'm not meaning to, you know, let's start with a question. Our friend Ken from the hockey chat. Yeah. I think it was Ken asked, um, you know, can they trade anybody at the trade deadline? You know, something like Bulma or Franson or um, uh, Kempney. He, he mentioned a couple other guys. And, you know, Franson's been a nice surprise this year, but there's a reason that Franson was a, was a PTO this year and 29 other teams, you know, maybe a couple of them had some interest in him. I guess Edmonton had some interest, but, and yeah, maybe you get like a six round draft pick for him at, at the deadline. Okay, fine. You know, I mean, those are not the kind of moves that are going to really change, alter this team going forward, you know? And, and as far as, you know, probably the guy with the most value of all those guys is Kempney. He's a guy I'd hold on to, you know, he's got, he's got some physical ability that you can't coach. And, um, you know, again, you got guys like Seabrook, who looks like he's on fumes. I don't know what's going on with Keith. I, 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 he doesn't look like he's 100 percent. You know, he's just not he has nights where he looks really good and he makes some great plays. But then there are other times when it's just I don't know. It just he doesn't look like the same player anymore. Well, and uh, yeah. And, and then you've got Ruda and Forsling taking, you know, for the first time. in I don't know, since we can remember that. You know, Duncan Keith wasn't leading the team in ice time. Uh, it's been Forsling and Ruda have been, yeah. you know, getting a majority of the ice time on defense. That says is, a lot. That yeah. says that speaks volumes. I mean, it really does. That you we don't we don't ever see that. So, which it's good for yeah. the future, but for right now, that's that's not a good sign. I mean, you're you're a third of the way through the season, and you know you can't play you know Duncan Keith more than you know. Gustav Forsling, who at the beginning of the year was probably a bubble player, and uh, Ruda, yeah. who's a free agent that no one knew anything about, 
you know, of course he's been a pleasant surprise, but you know, Keith should be playing more. And I, I get, you know, Seabrook and, and, and Murphy haven't, you know, been lighting the world on fire. So, you know, you cut their minutes back. That's fine. It's all good and well, but Duncan Keith is Duncan Keith. He's two time Norris trophy winner. He's, you know, if, if he's not playing, there's something up because this is the, you know, you need to be racking up some points now while you can. And, uh, because you may not be able to turn that, you know, flip that switch as the season goes on. So nope. my whole, uh, my whole view was, you know, the day before I posted my article about, you know, have the, have the Blackhawks fallen over the falls, you know, are they going over the falls? And I don't mean in a good way, <laughs> you know, I mean, the Stan's going to have to make a move and he's going to have to do it soon. If he wants to compete, I don't think he can wait till the, till the trade deadline. Cause I don't think there's going to be anything there. And I don't think they're going to be able to pay for anything that is, is of quality. You know, you're not going to get. Yeah, I just, yeah. You're not going to get I, any yeah, good. You got to do it now go so the team starts to turn around now. Because by the time you get to the, the trade deadline, they may not even be anywhere near, you know, a, a playoff race. Right. It's no, very, he's got to do something now. Yeah. The team is going, if he's going to do something. And I'm not sure, he, I'm not sure he's going to. Yeah, and because right now they're they're on pace for eight for eight like eighty seven points. That's they're out of the playoffs. Which which this was before the game yesterday, so they're one more game further. So they're they're on yeah. pace for like what eighty five eighty six points or eighty five points. Yeah, which and that's that's yeah. well out of the playoffs. One team has made it with eighty seven points, and that was the last wild card, and that was because the division was so close. Uh, yeah. And it's not going to be like that this time around. So no. Yeah, 85 points, 86 points is not going to get the Blackhawks in the playoffs. Nope. So, I mean, what do you do? Do you do you, do you try to race to the end or do you start selling off assets or you know, th- this is going to be there, there there's two paths you can take and uh he's going to have to decide soon what path, you know, whether he's going to really try to shake things up and make things work or he's going to try to hold it together long enough so he can sell some of these assets off. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't wait around. It's a third of the way to this, through the season. You're, you're, you know, all this, all, all this hullabaloo about ah, oh, the regular season doesn't matter. Ah, da, da, da. Well, you know what? If you don't make the playoffs, the regular season does matter. No, and so, so, so the Hawks are two, three, and three since our last recast. Yeah. Um, you know, I, with the exception of last night, there's not a game that you can blame on Forsberg. There's not a game that you could say, well, if Crawford had played, it would have been the outcome would have been different. Last night, maybe, um, but the the rest of the games, no. So Crawford comes back. I don't see that dramatically changing the picture, um, you know. Because again, I mean, with the exception of last night, Forsberg's been been as good as Crawford. <laughs> um, so it, that's not it. So 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 what is it? What does he go out and get? When he's got, I think, like two, three million dollars worth of cap room, and he, you know, anywhere he trades from the roster, pretty much a value creates a hole um, that you know that he has to backfill. Then um, I'm just not, I'm just not sure that there's any great deal out there that's gonna, and and you know, I, I don't think it's any one player that's I mean, gonna come in and really change this. Thing. Well, yeah, who can you poach from? Buffalo. Yeah, the name that comes up a lot is Evander Kane, and and I have to be honest with you, I heard I heard over the summer from a good source 
that that was a guy they had their eye on. Um, him and James Neal were the two names I heard as, you know, as left wings that they were going to have come in and play with Patrick Kane. And the only thing about Evander Kane is, you know, he can score, he's physical, he can, t- he can take care of business, but the guy's a knucklehead. And I'm not sure bringing a knucklehead into that dressing room right now is is necessarily a good thing either, you know. And you're going to have to overpay for him. And he's on an expiring contract. And he's not coming back. Well, yeah, you know? it, it, uh, that's that's the thing that I find funny when you get all these trade scenarios. It's like, well, they have two two million dollars. You can't just give two million dollars to the Buffalo Sabers and say, "I will take Evander Kane." <laughs> right. It's not how it works. Right, and he makes five million a year, so yeah, you got to send some salary the other other way, or yeah, right. Retain some salary, and what do you have to give them to get them to do it? Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna want at a, at least one really nice asset that I'm just not sure it's worth giving up, you know, to to maybe possibly, you know, if you're lucky, improve the team. It's just it, I don't I don't see it. I yeah. I think that Bowman. He's gonna have to, you know, he, he maybe he'll keep this Dylan Sakura talk all, you know, all the way through to the springtime, and and um, they'll give him a, you know, a Drew LeBlanc looksee, and uh, you know that's that's all they'll do, and then they'll they'll figure it out in the off season. I don't know, I don't know, you know, because the other thing is is um, nobody's taking Seabrook in his contract. Nobody. Yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, people got to stop bringing that up because it's just not even a possibility. Right. Unless they bribe somebody like they did with Bickle, you know, yeah, you but even, package a really good young asset. But even um, then, like I, I kind of laid it out this morning to the in, in the chat. It's like, OK, so you he, he makes what? Six point eight. You trade that and you trade to bring it. But you're going to have to take salary back. So maybe you take four million back. So you're only yeah. saving like two million dollars and you're losing a defenseman. You're losing a little bit of depth. Plus, you're using, losing a young probably a young promising player if not to bring it they're going to want forsling if not forsling they're going to want like sakura or something like that yeah and uh you know you can't afford to give that up at this point in time so uh-uh. do you really want to have to give up more assets just to get rid of two million dollars maybe yeah and no doubt they're going to send you back garbage that you know that you know the four million dollars that they're trying to get rid of so that they can get, you know, they're gonna they're gonna swap you their crap for our crap, and then get you know a, a young player, you know, in the in the deal as well to sweeten it up. Kind of like what happened with Dallas when the Blackhawks, you know, wanted to make a hockey trade and uh, took back Ryan Garba and Trevor Daly. Now, uh, Trevor Daly actually wasn't a bad return if Joe Quenville would have used him, but yeah. it, it ended up yep, being I, a I nightmare. Agree. It ended I up agree. being a complete and total nightmare. I mean, we're still feeling the effects of it last year when they were still paying for Rob Skidari's damn salary. Ugh. So do, do you really want to be in that again? You know, what do we get? What, what do they have to do? Retain some of Seabrook's salary to get rid of him or something? I mean, none of these options are desirable at all. The only no, thing- and it, it, you know, and as far as Seabrook's contract, um, I, I I don't know. Somebody in the organization needs to be held accountable. You know, I, I don't think Quenville signed him for that money. I'll tell you that right now. So who was it? Um, you know, so, but somebody in the organization said it was worth when he was 30 years old, throwing $7 million a year at him for, I think, seven years. Um, and that's not turned out very well. I mean, 
You know, Seabrook is actually the last last handful of games. He hasn't been bad playing with Murphy, and and uh, he's been okay. But but is he a seven million dollar player? No, he's not. No, no. If he was making four million dollars, a lot a lot less people would be bitching about him. Oh yeah, he'd absolutely. be in like Richard Panic. Like, hey, he needs to start stepping up. But right, you know. But hey, he's right. you know making four million dollars like Connor Murphy, you know. Right. Or you know. If if you were to say if Jomerson was in that position, you know, whatever, you know, it's four million dollars. It's not seven, but because it's seven, you know, he's going to be maligned for the entire rest of his Blackhawks career now because of that contract. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, and honestly, it's, you know, it's 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 so I don't know. I mean, because, you know, it's, it's it is unfair to pick on Seabrook. I mean, Keith at five million a year, even though he's not playing very well, he didn't play very well last night. Let's just put it that way. Um, Keith at five million a year is still a relative bargain. So, you know, he he's not really that much of a problem. Taves at ten and a half million dollars, you know, yeah, um, yeah, something's up with him. And and we we I know we've def- kind of you know we we all defend him all the time. You know, he's yeah, he's a great the Jonathan guy. Taves, and but at some point in time, I mean, we've given him a lot of leash to yep. work work whatever he's has going on out, and he's not. You know, he's He's an okay. He's he's been an okay fringe player, but he's not. You know, Artem Anisimov is outscoring him. Uh, you know, Alex Brinkett's outscoring him. Like, and he's not doing you know anything incredibly difficult on defense. He's playing you know just good. Well, he's the only. I'll say this: he's the only good faceoff guy who you can play in all situations on the team. Yeah, but that is not um, worth ten million dollars. That's not worth ten and a half million dollars. No, and uh, you know he's he's still a pretty good offensive player, but he's just he does not he's not what he once was. He, he seems to have lost a half a step. He's not as as tough to handle physically as he used to be, um, and so you know. But he is the face of the franchise. I don't know what they do. I, I don't know what they do. Well, I mean, at this um, point in time. He's no better than Antoine Vermette. I don't know if I go there, but well, I mean, Antoine Vermette's like he's one of the leading leader league leaders in you know faceoffs, and he's yes. scoring goals and in, in, in for the Ducks. I mean, at this point in time, if you compare their play, they're relatively close, and their yeah. salaries aren't. They're getting that, but they're getting different matchups. Yeah, you know? but I mean, I mean just, Taves, Taves is playing against better defensemen. Um, than Antoine Vermette is. So I don't know. But, I mean, Taves is not a special player anymore. He's not. No, he's not. And, that, yeah, that now now that $10 million is going to look bad. I mean, Kane can still – he's still keeping up. And he, he has his hot hot streaks. And, you know, if, if it weren't for him, the power play wouldn't do anything. Yeah, I don't, you know, I, they, I'm not saying, and I'm in my blog today, I want, I hope nobody misunderstood it. I'm not saying take taint Kane off the power play, but the way that Kane operates on the power play and the way he's being used to me is so predictable. Um, and it, it just, it just seems like it's a one man power play at times. Um, and that that's, that's negating the five on four man advantage that you have when one guy absorbs the puck and, you know, stick handles around and, and just sort of circles around the right half board and everybody else watches him and nobody moves. Um, and so eventually what he does is he sort of forces the puck out to the point, 
you know, Franson will lose it or he'll he'll jam it over to Keith and Keith will lose it. I mean, it's absolutely horrible. I mean, we were watching this last night. It was just horrible. Yeah, I mean, they, they a lot of times they can't even get in in the zone. I know. So all, all this all this BS about put Tommy Wingles and put Lance Bohm on the power play, what is that going to do when you can't get the puck in the zone? You can't get it over the, the damn blue line. And when you do, yeah. you stand there and jerk around with it until you turn it over. It never makes right. it to the net. Artem Anisimov right. does just fine in front of the net when you actually get the puck there. Sure. Panic gets in front of the goalie. He does a good job screening a goalie. Yeah, it, that's it, not the problem. It's, no, it's not having another meathead to stand in front of the goalie. So that theory is just silly. No, the issue is 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 the players don't move, and the puck doesn't move in ways that are unpredictable and keep the defense off balance. All they do is move it around the perimeter, get it over to Kane, sit there and watch Kane stick handle around until they they finally start challenging him, and then the puck goes out to the point, or maybe it goes down to Taves. You know, and and that's it. Yeah, that, that's what they do. And then and then you got you know, the 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 insanity that uh, the you know, the other day uh, Quenville was interviewed about uh, you know switching Cody Franzen out for Brent Seabrook or blah blah blah. And I'm like, Cody Franzen's one of the only defensemen that's getting the puck through to the net. Yeah. So pulling him off the power play makes not a bit of sense to put anyone out there at this point in time. Duncan Keith can't get the puck to the net. He gets it blocked all the time. Uh, you know, Forsling maybe and Cody Franzen are the two defensemen. And maybe yeah, maybe Ruda too. Those are the three defensemen that will actually get the puck through to the net. And pulling them off the power play or pulling Franzen off the power play, which his one, his one big asset is he's got a shot. He can get it off quickly and he can get it to the net. And then yep. you, you're going to pull him off for Brent Seabrook because of why? Because yeah, I have no idea. Because he makes more money? I don't know. You know, are you gonna? Do you want to do what works, or you want to do what these guys' salaries dictate? You know, right? So, I mean, and, and honestly, the defense actually isn't it hasn't been the problem. The defense has actually played decent in these past stretches. I think. I mean, personally, no. The, the the defense has been okay. It really has been. Yeah, Keith and Franz and wow. uh, Murphy and Seabrook and uh, Forsley and Rudolph. They've been they've been better than the you know the bottom or at least the entire core of the 2015 defense, where you had you know Kyle Kaminsky and uh, you know, AKA Kaminsky. Yeah, and Roosevelt and Kaminsky and. Uh, Runblad. Well, David Runblad. Yeah, David Runblad. I mean, those are guys you get you any one of those three guys were out there in 2015 and they won the Stanley Cup with that. This defense right here is better than that. I mean, you had you had you had yeah, a top end top had, three. Had Duncan but, Keith at the absolute pinnacle of his game. Yeah. Seabrook was still a really good player then. And John and you had Nicholas Jalmerson and Johnny Oduya. I mean, so you had a top four then that was dramatically better than what you have now. Yeah, but overall, so if you if you average it out, that. if you average it out, this defense is, you know, the, at least the, you know, Connor Murphy and Brent Seabrook are better than any of those boobs that we just mentioned. So, well, yeah. So I, so I where I will agree is it's a bit more balanced over the three pairings. Um, you know, you don't have that that precipitous drop off after the top four to like you know. ECHL guys, um, but, or guys uh, that you pulled back over from Europe after you banished them to Europe. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, but yeah, I mean, no, the defense is the defense has been fine. And, you know, honestly, you know, Seabrook, Seabrook has actually, you know, the one thing I noticed about him is that when a guy goes wide on him now, he has a really hard time turning and, and keeping pace. He That's where he gets burned a lot. And um, I think that's so that's a physical degradation, I think, and, and uh, physical decline. And, and but other than that, I mean, he's making he's lately he's making some smart plays. Um, you know, he's been pinching a lot. And I think I think Quenville's, you know, telling him to um, or, or all Samuelson's telling him to. And, you know, I again, I have no big problem. With, uh, Murphy's been great on the left side. I mean, th- that came out of nowhere, but he's really been good. Um, you know, uh, Forsling and Ruta, good, good pair, learning by leaps and bounds almost every game. Uh, and Keith and Franson are fine, as, you know, except when Keith makes a bonehead play like he did last night. Yeah. Um, Franson has that same problem. I mean, he can get he can get turnstiled. Um, but you know that the defense is fine. I think you know the problem is is just the chemistry on the lines isn't right. They they still they're still weak at left wing. They're also weak at center. Um, you know, Tommy Wingles is probably better on the wing than he is at center. I mean, but he does the job. And on fourth, the fourth line, he's fine. Yeah. Um, but Schmaltz, I mean, doesn't he just doesn't he doesn't do it as a left wing. He's 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 totally pass first. He's not a shooter. Um, and um, at the same time, his natural position, his natural instincts seem really to be as a center. But he's horrible on faceoffs. He's like the worst guy in the team on faceoffs. Yeah. You know, and. And, um, and so I don't, you know, it's, it just seems like the, the chemistry on the forward lines is, is not good. And again, the, the best, the guys are paid to be the best players at forward. Saad's been solid. I have no, absolutely no issue. I, I, and you you got to remember he's 24 years old too. And he's, he's signed for, I think three or four more years. So there's, there's, you know, that's, that's a nice piece to have going forward. Um, you know, Taves, though, you know, we've talked about him. And again, I mean, Kane's got to pick it up. I mean, it, Kane produced before Panarin came to town with guys like Troy Brower and Brian Bickle on his left wing. So don't tell me it's because, you know, he's got, uh, uh, I forget who was playing there last night on left wing on that line. Oh, Saad was playing there, right? Yeah. Well, Saad and Isamov came there. Yeah. I mean, Kane and Anisimov. There's no reason that they can't that they can't be carrying that line. Whoever you play at left wing, um, Patrick Kane was until very recently, maybe still is. You know, one of the top five offensive players in the game, and Anisimov's been great. But he's you know Kane's got to pick it up. I mean, the, those those games, like I said, Taves, you know, panic. They moved him down because he wasn't producing anymore in the top six. Um, yeah. So, you know, what are you going to do? Move Boma up? He's not any better. He's not going to be any better than Panic. I mean, no, no, no. He, he's a bottom know. six player and he probably should be on the fourth line, which is where yeah. he was. And he was fine there. But yeah. yesterday they it's moved good. him up to the third line, which Schmaltz and the brink yet, which did nothing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then yeah. it, well, I, I'd give it a little bit of time, but yeah, um, I, I don't know. I, it, Schmaltz. He's a man without a position, in my opinion. He's he's got the tremendous skating ability. He's got great setup skill, um, but he just they're having trouble finding the right spot for him. And um, it reminds me a little bit of of Teravainen when he was. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna mention that a little bit. Yep. With a pass first mentality kind of deal, but um... yeah, and, and not really fitting at center, not really fitting at wing now. 
you know, the Hawks punted on Tara Vinen, sent him to Carolina, and now apparently he's he's kind of blossoming um, under Bill Peters, who's a really good head coach, in my opinion. Um, that's a good you know, young that's team. That's great. I mean, pardon me. That's a good young team. Yeah, and uh, you know, Tara Vinen has has you know blossomed, and uh, he's kind of making the Hawks look silly now for packaging him with you know in order to get rid of Bickle's contract, but. Um, I don't know. I think the Hawks are going to have to, if they're going to sort of change this paradigm more likely this summer, I mean, they may have to look at, 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 at possibly what they can get for a guy like Schmaltz and they're, you know, they start, it carries a risk because the guy could go elsewhere and really blossom. But, uh, I don't know. He's, he strikes me as a guy that, that could bring you a return. And right now he just doesn't seem he doesn't seem to have a natural fit in the lineup. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to give up something to get something like we keep saying. They're not going to take garbage to give no. give anything of quality back. So uh no matter when it is actually. I mean, they're at the trade deadline whatever. They're not going to take garbage. So No. So, well, we 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 we've, we've uh got hung up on the Hawks and their lines and all the garbage and all the BS. I thought that's all we were going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some questions, so we might as well get into the questions. We're about 40 sure. minutes in, so um, that was, by the way, that was brain sprain that, uh, brought up that question about, you know, Boma, Sharp, Wingles, Franz and Ruta, Kepney are yeah. uh, UFAs. Um, you know, do you trade them at the deadline? So we kind of talked about that. So, uh, Ken Kallenbach said, uh, Sharp is not produced, but he's been okay in his own end. If Vinny is in, in that spot and producing a little and not great in his own end, is that a wash? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I saw that question today too, and and I, my my first thought is that you know we you know Sharp has become a bit of a whipping boy this year because he, he he's not really scoring and and uh, um, but the thing about Sharp is that I think he's still a pretty good defensive player, and uh, he does he does keep the mistakes to a minimum um, in his end and and in the in the neutral zone. Um, you know, so yeah, you might you might get a little bit of a. You, certainly, you're going to get more speed from Henestrosa. You're going to get more a, a guy who, who at this point can get behind opposing defenders and create disruption that way and, and opportunities that way. But I think that on the, on the defensive end, and I remember when Henestrosa was up last year. I mean, when he was playing with Mott and Schmaltz, it was literally like the Keystone Cops trying to get out of their own end. I yeah. mean, the Hawks would yeah. be pinned in their end for what seemed like hours when yeah. those guys were out there because they just couldn't get out of their end. And and I think that, you know, with Quenville and this staff, and and I think a lot most most good coaches will, will take the guy who's going to at least give you solid defense. It's sort of almost like table stakes. I got to have a guy who's not going to make mistakes that are going to end up in the back of my net. And then if I get offense from him, that's a bonus. And um, I personally, I think that's why Hinnestros is still in the minors actually. Is yeah. that, you know, he's, he's kind of a liability defensively. He, he doesn't always play really smart hockey. Um, and uh, so, you know, yeah, I mean, I think you, you, you're, it's good. You know, he, he brings speed and he brings, a disruptive quality of really being able to to get behind opposing defenders and create problems that way, but then the other side of it is 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 I I suspect the perception is is that he creates problems in the Hawks' end too, and you know Quenville's always and Quenville's always gone with the veterans over the rookies, and I think for those same reasons. Yeah, uh, that's I think you know as of right now, uh, the reason Sharp really hasn't gotten 
sit down is because, you know, what are you going to do? You just put Tanner Carroll in his place and what, it, I mean, is it going to really make a difference? Maybe not. Um, I don't think that, you know, they had, they didn't have anyone to put in, you know, to, to, to give a different element of the game to make a change. They didn't have that because Hennis Rose was down to the minors and they all they have is Tanner Carroll and Tanner Carroll is not an offensive player. So you're going to get pretty much what you got out of Patrick Sharp with Tanner Carroll. It's, you're going to get, you know, six of one, half a dozen of another. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I kind of disagreed. I was listening to Powers and uh, Charlie, what's his name, R- Romeliotis, who's taking over for Hedger. And they were talking. He's like, well, you're not going to sit a you're not going to sit a veteran like Sharp. And I'm like, oh, really? Uh, why don't you ask Brian Campbell about that? <laughs> because Brian Campbell sat last year and broke his Ironman streak because Joe Quenville wanted to play games with him. And Brian Campbell was not playing all horrible. You know, yeah. he was making the same about the same as Sharp, a little bit more, but um, it's the same situation. Like you sat Campbell last year for whatever reason to teach him a lesson or to wake him up or do whatever. You know, hey, don't don't say they won't do it because they've done well, it. I think that's that's the next thing that's going to happen is you're going to see some guys, some more eyebrow raising type of guys having a seat i mean you know it's funny i mean a lot of people have been like well why doesn't he play any of the healthy scratches ever why is he stuck with the same lineup for so long well i think people forget at least some of us we were saying look find some lines and stick with them so he did that and he had some success for a while and then it just it went stale and i think now like you know and i don't know i mean if he he has to be looking at ryan hartman and going i want to sit him down yeah you know, um, but he's not. So is somebody tying Quinville's hands and saying, you can't do this? Um, I it, That's that's the thing. And that, like it goes back to the Trevor Daly thing, too. Sometimes some of the decisions that are made are such head scratchers that you, you, you have to think that there's something else going on, that there's there's some other agenda at work. And, um, you know, but yeah, I. I, I, I got to think that Quenville is looking at some of these guys and going, the only way I can motivate some of these guys to get their attention is to sit them down. And yet he's not, at least not to this point. No. And even worse, Ryan Hartman went from the fourth line to the first line. Yeah. He, he did that nothing play, to really earn that. Night with Ovechkin was just, that was a knucklehead play. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and, and by the end of the game, he had already gotten dropped down the lineup. So, I mean, yeah, for sure. He's got to be a guy that, you know, needs to sit. I mean, I, yeah. if you sat Panic for a game, sure, go ahead, sit him. If you sat Hartman, if you sat Sharp, sure, sit him down. I mean, those guys have – what are you losing? They're not really giving you – you know, you're, they're not producing anything. You could throw yeah, anyone and, in there to not know, produce. I mean, fine, and then and, and put Hennis Rose in. You know, sit Hartman down and put, put Hennis Rose in. I got no problem with that at all. No. Um, you're not, you're not going to lose that much. Yeah. Hartman's probably in terms of how he thinks the game and, and reacts most of the time, he's probably a smarter player than his Rose is, but, but you know, Hartman's also going to do something like Andrew Shaw 2.0. Yeah. A lot of nights yeah. and, um, why not? That. You know, um, yeah. Matthew sit sharp down, play Matthew Highmore. So why not? What do you got? What do you have to lose? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, just mixing up the same 12 players is ridiculous. It's not working. Yeah. You just, you just, it's just all games. It's all games. Yeah. You know, they're, they're doing a magic trick in front of you by 
swapping lines around because it's not changing anything. No matter what they're doing, it's not really changing anything. They have a little bit of success for small periods of time, but nothing is consistently changing. So you, your next option has to be make some kind of personnel change. Yeah. You know, it, it's a start with bringing Henestros up. If that's what they do tomorrow, who knows? You know, someone said today, it'd be hilarious if they brought Thomas Yurko up. Who knows what they're going to do? <laughs> you know? But, um, you know, anyway, on to the next question. Ryan of Romo uh, brings up, and I kind of disagree with this, but uh still seems like we are, oh, it still seems we are more than just one player away from the deep playoff push, which I do agree with. Yeah. It says, are McDonough and Bowman willing to put their egos aside and admit the fact that this may be this court's final rodeo if it mirrors last year? I mean, I questioned that from the get-go. I don't know. I don't know if it's an ego thing or if it's a money thing because if the organization were to do the honest thing and come out and say, you know what, <laughs> the window's closed. We, we got we to gotta tear down and rebuild this thing. You're going to see a lot of corporate dollars exit this team real fast um and you're going to see a lot of the season ticket demand and the you know the all all those things that you know the glories that this this you know management team has rested on for several years are going to go away real fast but you know so that's why i think you're 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 I don't know because the thing is, it's gotten so bad so fast, and I think it's gotten bad faster than they than they anticipated, and it's really hard to stay ahead of it with spin now. It's it's like even even the 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 more recent fans of the last ten years who weren't around through the decades of the dark the dark ages like some of us were, even some of the newer fans are going, yeah, this is just this is it's it's not working anymore. It's and it's happened fast. Um, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they, they come to a reckoning with it and, you know, how they, they, they respond to it publicly, because it's not just in terms of the inter we'd like to think it's about everyday fans like you and I, but so much of it is about corporate sponsorship and corporate ticket purchases. And, you know, that money is very fickle and that, that money doesn't care about hockey versus basketball. Doesn't care. It'll, it'll go to bed, especially if the bulls got good. Yeah, that money would go over to the Bulls so fast, you know, it'd make your head spin. So it would already um, be going there if they were any good. Yeah, right. Exactly. At this point exactly. in time, the way they're playing. Yeah, and so I, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, if because go, going back to Ryan's question, I don't know if it's if so maybe a little bit of an ego thing with Bowman because a lot of his credibility as a GM rests on how good this team actually is or isn't. But for McDonough, I think it's very much and Rocky Words, I think it's very much a money thing. And I think I think what you know what that comes back to is is they have to really manage public perception and public expectation. Um, you know, one goal is a great advertising campaign slogan. It's also, you know, a really good reminder to to the corporate dollars, you know, stay with us because we're gonna contend for cups every year. They can't. I don't know if they can honestly. They can't. They can't pass the red face test. Test saying that anymore. Boom! Nailed it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, well, I, I, this is kind of the same thing too. Uh, Ryan of Romo had a second question. It says, "If true evaluation at the dra- at the trade deadline points towards another first round exit, can they pull the trigger on an unpopular move with the best interest towards the future?" Then we kind of really touched on that. 
Uh, Michael Weaslow uh, from the Hockey Chat says he was happy with the the can the you know the Tanner Carroll thing, but why not move Osterley too? It's not like either one was going to play. Neither player is worth a roster spot right now, but they do deserve to be playing in the AHL. So either trade them for some kind of pick or waive them and send them down. I agree. Um, I, I don't know why you hang on if you have Michael Kepney. Um, you you know you've got that that spare defenseman uh, Jordan Osterley isn't going to play. So why do you, are you just going to pay him to sit there? I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a nice job if you can get it to make, you know, you know, just under a million dollars to sit in the, sit in the press box and, and watch games. But uh, being a young player, I'm sure he would like to play. So. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd send him down. Um, I don't think, I don't think, you know, he or Carol is going to get you much in trade. No, um, I I would send I would send send him down and and uh, yeah I mean I would look at bringing up you know if there's a there's two or three guys down there who are really playing good hockey, um, you know Henestros is the only one with with really any NHL experience of those guys who are playing well down there. Um, you know Yurko's got some, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm not I'm not really interested in seeing Yurko at this point. I think we know what Yurko is and isn't. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm interested in the guys down there who have not had a lot of, you know, NHL exposure and, and, you know, guys like Highmore and um, Fortin, um, you know, maybe one of the, one of the defensemen not named Polka, um, you know, I, that, that would be interesting to me. Um, but, you know, I'm, you know, I listen, I trust the Hawks personnel people. I think they're, they're smart guys and, and they're, they're smart hockey people. And, you know, like I said, then when when you know people wonder why Henestrosa hasn't been up, I keep saying I think there there are good reasons why. And and uh, but at this point, I don't know. I don't know that you have anything to lose because, you know, going back to the other question about Sharp, yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it is too is that they want to honor Sharp and they have a loyalty to him. And and yeah, they probably trust him in more situations than they trust Henestrosa. But the other thing is is your overall chemistry is is so crappy right now. I, I just don't know what you have to lose. Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, and, and I mean, you know, I, I, I joked about it, about Tanner Carroll, you know, going through waivers. That, you know, That was beautiful. Yeah. A, nobody wants them. And B, refer back to number A or, or letter uh, A. You know, nobody yeah, wants them. I, I mean, it, it, and Osterley, even if someone did take them, nah. who cares? Right. I mean, if, if, if your season is teetering on whether Jor- Jordan Osterley, who doesn't play, it gets picked up on waivers. Who cares? You know, <laughs> just move yeah, them, I mean, get rid of them. The know, reason this is a guy who really, you know, was a fringe player in Edmonton, which is a team not particularly known for great defense. Um, they have Adam Larson, who I would love to have on the Hawks, but you know, it, anyway, I mean, um, you know, and Osterley looked fine when he played for the Hawks. I mean, yeah. he fits he fits the Hawks model of a you know small very mobile puck moving defenseman. Um, but he, there's holes in his game too. You yeah. Know? But I mean, and, Eric, Eric and, uh, Gustafson could do that, you know, if you know, in a pinch. Well, Gustafson actually, yeah. And he's apparently been great up in Rockford yeah, this year. Yes. He he's played really well. You know, and Gustafson plays with a little bit of edge too, yeah. you know, um, and, and he can play both sides. He can play right side and left side. And uh, yeah, I would have, I would have no, cause again, a guy like Gustafson, he's going to come in and, He's, you know, he plays with an edge and he's got some skill. He's, he's not afraid to pinch and, and uh, why not? Because 
I, I, you know, again, I think that first question was really good. I mean, I, I think it's worth risking guys who are going to make some mistakes, but who are also going to create some, some things too. I mean, you know, playing a conservative with this lineup isn't getting them anywhere. Two goals, you know, two goals a game. And one of those at garbage time when they're down by five. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. So um, we talked about Brainspain's question and then uh, uh, Bears underscore Blackhawk. Uh, I'm looking forward to the podcast tonight. If you guys have time to do a Q&A segment, would you like to hear everyone's grades on all the offseason moves? <laughs> um, I mean, the sod trade, I, I, I'm still not going to back down on. I don't care if you had Panarin out there. I don't think it would make a difference over uh, sod. And plus you wouldn't no, have a backup goalie. Um. And, uh, well, I mean, the Johnson Sox move has been really good. I mean, I, I don't know. I, 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 and he does, he, he helps on the penalty kill and, and, uh, you know, he's, he, in terms of the finances of the team, he's a better fit than Panarin was. And as much as everybody loved Panarin, you know, if you had Panarin, you'd have Kane and Isimov and Panarin scoring like 50 to 60% of the team's points and nobody else doing anything. And it would just be a worse version of last year's team. So, you know, I'll take Saad because Saad's a guy that I can build around going forward. Yeah. He, he's got a more all-around game to him. Yeah. And, he, you know, he has shown to produce in the playoffs if they can make the playoffs. Right. Um, and then, you know, the Jomerson-Murphy thing. I mean, yeah. yeah. We'd love to have Jomerson back. And that's no slam on Connor Murphy. But, you know, you'd really like to have Jomerson back, but. You know, I don't think I don't think the Blackhawks were ever going to win that trade in the long term. Maybe it'll nope. it'll turn out better. But uh, in the short term, they're not going to win that trade. No. Uh, and then the last question was uh, Ryan Liedig, uh So with the state of the Blackhawks now, do you try and make a trade for defense or scoring forwards? Second, where do we want where do we start wondering if Q is on the hot seat? Lastly, what the hell is the power play? Because we don't seem to be getting any concept of the man advantage. I think we kind of touched on a little bit of all of that. Uh, yeah. at, the, at this point, you're yeah. not going to trade for defense. I don't think. I think no, forward. Yeah, I, I don't really don't think you're going to get any defenseman that's going to do, be any better than the six we talked about, or even the seventh, maybe you know Kepney. Uh, you you need a forward. You need someone who's going to put the puck in the net. It's not it's not on the backside. It's not the goalie. It's not the defense at this point. It's all on the forwards. So yeah, and I think I think you need it. You need either a left wing. And or a center who can who can win faceoffs and provide a secondary option to Taves, although Anisimov's having a career year in the dot. I think he's like forty eight percent or forty nine percent, so it's maybe not that acute of a need right now. Um, you know, thank God Anisimov's kind of is having almost really a career year, which is kind of getting not getting noticed. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I still think they have a need at left wing. It, it'd be you know the ideal guy, and I you know. Separating out the fact that he's a complete knucklehead off the ice, on the ice, it, it's a guy like Evander Kane, you know, who's a scorer from the left side, um, who's who's physical, um, you know, who can really push some people around. Um, that kind of guy, if you could find, and it doesn't have to be Kane, if you can go find that guy and get him in, uh, you know, maybe maybe the, the chemistry changes quite a bit and there's a little bit of a domino effect, you know, that – Putting slotting that guy in there, let's say playing with Kane and Anisimov, well then you can do some things on your on your third line now that you couldn't do before because you were you know doing the rotating clown show on their wing, 
Um, you know, maybe, so maybe there is a, a domino effect. I don't know. Um, that that's, that's a, a hard decision for Stan Bowman to make because there's also a high potential in that kind of move for throwing good money after bad yeah. in terms of it not paying off. And then you're, you're losing another good young asset to get that guy. And it's a wasted season. Well, when the great Dylan Sakura comes and fixes everything, we'll all, yeah. <laughs> we'll all yeah. bow at his feet and buy his yeah. jerseys and give him yeah. cute nicknames like Kitty and Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Will you get your eye back on the prize, please? <laughs> so I think that wraps things up here. I think we've bitched and complained we've, for a long time. We've enough. just spewed... Yeah. Enough acid for, I mean, it's like everything is smoldering around us and burning. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I, it's hard, hard to imagine looking back on this two weeks from now going, man, were we wrong? I, I, I don't see it. Well, I kind of joked about that too, that, you know, they're going to, they're going to go out there and they're going to probably just squeak by and beat a couple of teams that are the two worst teams in the league. And then everyone's going to be jumping up and down because they might score four goals against, uh, you know, Arizona and uh, you know f- win four to two against Buffalo or something. I mean, like, everything's fixed, all the problems. You know, completely disregarding that they're two of the worst teams in the NHL that they should beat every single time they play them. Yeah. So just on talent alone, with not even playing a system or anything, just on talent alone, they should beat those teams. But ladies and gentlemen, Aaron Goldschmidt has entered the building. <laughs> is he here? Yeah, What's up, boys? Is. Oh, there look at this. We were just about to ramp up, and here you are. Shit. <laughs> you know what? Hey, if you want, um, I don't know if you got your stuff ready for the, uh, the the prospect thing, if you want to talk about that a little bit before we get out of here. Uh, give me a minute. One minute. <laughs> All right. Keep wrapping. Yeah, what well, the hell? We've already given well, you 59 minutes. Why yeah, no kidding. One? No kidding. Well, yeah. You, you know, while, while Aaron's looking through his stuff, I wanted to bring up something. and uh, I do, uh, too. I got something, too. Yeah, Go okay. Ahead. Uh, a friend of mine, um, the, Gar- uh, the Garcia family, a friend of mine, Tony Garcia, yes. uh, his son actually has fallen ill lately. Um, and uh, it's, a lo- it's a long story having to do with his kidneys failing, where he's going to have to go through uh, dialysis and stuff like that. And he's only nine years old. His name is Jack Garcia. And uh, they're, in, uh, they're out of Villa Park. They're big Blackhawks fans. They were Puck and Hassel fans, and they're you know, and, and, and Tony's a fan of the rink, and uh, so I just wanted to pass along. There's a GoFundMe for um, to help with his treatments that are going to just you know start piling up. So uh, if, if if anyone wants to go out there and, and just you know, I, I know it's Christmas time, it's hard for people, and but you know, t- even twenty bucks, thirty bucks, something like that. If someone wants to go out there and donate and, and help them out, you can find uh, the page at, at GoFundMe.com/slash. Jack Garcia Medical Fund, and I will. If you go to if you go to the website uh, www-the-rink or www.the-rink.com, uh, it, it, in the uh, description of the podcast, I will have a link so you can just go directly from our website, and I'll probably tweet the link out as well. But that's again for uh, Jack Garcia. He's a, he's a nine year old uh, little boy. And uh, a friend of the friend of the show, friend of the website, you know, they've, uh, you know, some hard times. And uh, <clears throat> so if you could go out there and uh, just show a little love during the Christmas season or the holiday holiday season, whatever you, you celebrate, uh, I would greatly appreciate that. And uh, I know the family would, too. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Mr. And Mrs. Garcia, I mean, 
uh, we will keep you in our prayers. And uh, Jack, we even though your father probably doesn't let you stay up late and listen to us, we'll we'll be thinking <laughs> about you, pal. And and uh, yeah, that's that's um, our, our listeners. Please, uh, if you can, help help them these folks out. And you know, quite honestly, uh, it's time of year when it's when it's good to think about other people and not just ourselves. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so the thing I wanted to add, I'm kind of going from uh, from tugging at the heartstrings to um, you know a, a crass commercial appeal. No, but, go ahead. Uh, I want I want to give everybody an update on on our uh, our sponsorship by uh, Puck Hockey. Um, the uh, the folks at Puck Hockey, our buddy Matt Marini, who is the CEO, I believe Matt's the, either the president or the CEO, um, and Amy Steffick is a, maybe maybe Amy's the CEO, but uh, they're great people, and they are designing as we speak a rink.com uh, clothing and accessory line. I think it'll be more clothing than accessories. Um, I hesitate to even think of what rink.com accessories would be like. <laughs> but um, uh, that's coming out soon, probably in the next two to three weeks, um, possibly in time for Christmas. But uh, in the meantime, we have a rink.com um, T-H-E-R-I-N-K, correct? That's the discount code, right, Gabe? Yeah, the rink altogether. T-H-E-R-I-N-K. R I N K no dash. Um, that's the discount code. And, and is it 10% or 20%? It's 10. Yeah. 10% yeah. off. Uh, really cool gear over at uh, Puck Hockey. And I know some of you have been over. Some of you have been buying. Thank you. Um, but uh, you'll uh, you'll thank us when you see the stuff and you get it. I mean, it's it, not only is this stuff really, really beautifully designed. I mean, just really cool, fun designs. But it's also really high quality stuff. I have a I have a Marion Hosa signature hoodie that I've been wearing for the last three years. And, you know, I wear it on the ice when I coach and, you know, I wear it to work and uh, it's, it's just really high quality stuff and uh, very reasonably priced. And um, they, they employ some really, uh, really talented designers. So uh, as always, you know, remember our buddies over at Puck Hockey, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com. You can also reach them through uh, the banner ads at our site too. Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, it's it's all good stuff. It's all stuff we liked before they sponsored yeah. us. So yeah, yeah. it's uh, they're they're good people over there, and I'm I'm looking really for I'm really looking forward to what they're going to bring, you know, to our brand as well. So and if if you buy something, you know, if you're a fan of ours and you buy something from them, sure, tweet us a picture. We'll you know we'll, we'll spread it out. You know, spread the love out there. And uh, absolutely, yeah, we'd we'd love to see what you guys got from them, or you know, just. Uh, I mean, if you if you buy us. something from the from them from our line and you send us a picture, we'll name our next children after you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not just sharing on social media. I mean, you're going to be elevated to like godlike status by I mean, us. So um, that would be very cool. And you'll see us wearing it as soon as it comes out. So yeah, actually, um, I I we will. Have, we have no pride whatsoever. I will make a, a promise to no people. I will make a promise to people. If you if you buy the rink uh, gear and you send us a picture, I will put it up on our Instagram. So uh, it, it will it will it will go out on our Twitter accounts and it will go Facebook, out. Facebook, I mean, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, we'll share it. So uh, send it on to us once uh, once once it's out there. And I know uh, my boy uh, Patrick Judge from uh, the band Demon Hunter. He said he wants some yes. of it. So yeah, some some you know some big. Some big deals going out there, so um, I think that's it for my shout-outs. Uh, Aaron, wh- you there, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. All right, cool. 
So, uh, so tell us yeah, what's go going on in Blackhawks prospect land, my friend. So, yeah, I've, I've been following the Blackhawks prospects for the last couple months, and it's actually been really interesting. I kind of wrote about this a couple of weeks ago that um, they have some pretty good variation as far as production across all their prospects. Dylan Sakura was like what everybody was talking about towards the beginning of the college season. He just kind of busted out of the gate really fast and had a lot of points. And since he actually went to the world juniors thing over in Europe, uh, he's kind of slowed down. He was playing with team Canada. Um, but recently um, Evan Barrett actually broke out pretty, pretty well. He had a lot. Of, I think he has four goals and three assists in 13 games, but those seven points came in the last couple of weekends. Um, he's been really good on the power play. He's kind of a bigger guy, bigger body for them. They're, he's about six foot. Um, I think he's like 190, but he's been doing a really good job kind of cleaning up on the power play, putting putting in rebounds, standing in front of the net. So that's really good news for Hawks fans. And they're actually really high on him at Penn State. They think that he's one of their emerging stars, even though he plays on the second or third line. But they uh, they think quite highly of him. Uh, another guy who's been doing well is Chad Chris, even though BU's kind of had a disappointing season. Um, he's still almost a point of game player. He's got four goals and 10 assists. And he said before the season that he really wanted to focus on his defensive game and being more physical since he's not that big of a guy. But, you know, we saw him in uh, prospect camp and we felt like he pretty much took over the game um, offensively. You know, he could really pass the puck and, uh, and skate through the zone and get it to all this forward. So he's been impressive at BU despite their poor start. And the last guy I really wanted to talk about is one who I've been following the closest is Ian Mitchell. Um, he's just been everything and more that they could have gotten out of him. They lost Will Butcher um, as a senior, and he's kind of stepped into that role as a freshman. He's been doing a phenomenal job. Um, they've had a lot of injuries. Adam Plant's gone down with concussion issues. Um, and a, a couple of their guys, uh, what's his name? Hammond, is, their captain, has been out until recently. So they've had a lot of trouble on as far as defensive depth, but he's taken a lot more minutes. He's playing a lot better defensively, and he's just killing it on the power play. He's getting a, a decent amount of national attention. But in 14 games, he has 11 assists, and I think 10 of those are on the power play. So he's playing with guys like Henrik Borstrom, Dylan Gambrell, Troy Terry, just all-American guys, and he's fitting in quite nicely. So they, they rely on him quite a bit. So just games to watch out for this weekend. Uh, Notre Dame is probably the hottest team in hockey right now. They are 14-3-1, uh, and one, and I think that they've won something like 9 or 10 in a row. So that's um, Dennis Gilbert. He's been doing really well in that defensive unit, and they're playing at Wisconsin this weekend. you got Colorado College playing home-and-home home with the University of Denver, and I think I'm going to be there tomorrow night. And the last game is uh, BU, so that's Chad Chris at UMass Lowell. So keep a lookout for that. And also, I'm going to be doing a, an interview with Frederick Olofsson, I think in January when he comes to Denver, and he's at the uh, University of Nebraska-Omaha. So I've got a lot of cool things coming up, and hopefully we can get somebody out to that uh, Notre Dame-Wisconsin game at the United Center in January as well. Nicely done. You done messed up, A.A. Ron! There it is. <laughs> I had to do it, man. We're gonna get we're gonna get some of those AA Ron sweaters that Keith keeps pitching us. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so late. I I really wanted to, uh, you know, air it out with the Hawks, but I guess I'll save that. You, for next yeah, time. you just missed like an hour of us just railing on the Blackhawks and and how uh, terrible they are. 
and how and how uh, sarcastically the great Dylan Sakura is going to come in and save him. Oh, I thought it was Vinny first. Yeah, well, it is. It's Vinny first, and uh, he's going to score a ton of goals, and then Dylan Sakura is going to come in, and those two are going to uh, light the world on fire and take him right to the Stanley Cup. So, yeah, that that'll <laughs> definitely do it. Well, you better be sick, dead, or mute, A.A. Ron. <laughs> well, it was nice you could join us anyway. You could give us our little prospect uh, around the league thing. So I do want to say one thing. Yeah. Is that every time I listen to all these Blackhawks podcasts and all these articles are coming out, like it's <laughs> it's so hard to read into all of this criticism just because we're living in the moment. But I keep relating everything back to those exit interviews, especially Stan Bowman's, where he says, this is unacceptable. And mm-hmm. what they're doing, their, you know, their performance now is on par or worse than unacceptable at that time. So I'm waiting for him to come out and kind of explain what's going on. But yeah, I... It just seems like a, a recipe for, you know, someone to to make a major move, and I think that's kind of around the corner. I, I'm sure I missed a lot of what you guys were saying, but no, it's kind of a lot what we were saying. We we're just saying that, like you, you can't at this point in time the way the way they're going, they're on the pace to not make the playoffs, and if they keep going this way, you know, maybe Crawford's out for a little more, uh, maybe they continue on the slide. They might not, you know, waiting till the trade deadline may not do them any good. They need to start doing something now, making a move or doing something. And and we're not really sure that bringing up Vinny Hinnestrosa is going to, you know, right the ship magically because it's not. Or so. making a trade because you're you're right. going to lose in that situation because everyone knows you're desperate. They all know that you need extra pieces to help. And it's not like we're a piece away anymore, right? We're multiple pieces away and. I think we're going to find out pretty soon that they're either going to, you know, pick one direction or the other. Well, that's I, I again, that's that's what I exactly what I said. I said there's there's two roads they can go down here. Here they can try to shake things up, make make a big make a big move, and and try to improve this team, or you're gonna to have to just decide to break it down and 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 pack it in. Uh, you know, it's at some point because you're we're over a third of the way through the season here and. Um, they're going to have to play really good hockey the rest of the way on out to, you know, make, make the playoffs and, and even making the playoffs doesn't mean they're not going to go out in the first round again because they're, they're out there, you know, their, their forward lines are just not that deep. Yeah. And I, I think the difference between us and teams that have won in the past, like Boston and LA is that we gave up so much more than they did. And I don't think a retool and a coaching change is going to get us back in a playoff conversation like it has with LA. Well, that's, I mean, you, you have to give something to get something. That's the thing that John and I were kind of preaching. What are you going to give up to get something? And are you, you know, are you going to even be able to at the best, you get something of equal value back. You know, you, they don't have a ton of, you know, they don't have a ton of prospects and stuff that people are going to take and give them, you know, quality players back. They got good, you know, some okay prospects, some good prospects, but you know, where are you going to get someone you were, you know, are you going to get it? 
a guy that's going to play that left wing that's going to be able to score like Panarin did or something like that. How, how are you going to get that? I don't even think that even matters. You know, it's like 19 stinking up the joint. You're going nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just find like a, a player that's going to help you get over that ledge or whatever. It's just, yeah. Like Crawford's not on the ice. Duncan Keith's turning over the puck. Um, all of that. It's just a recipe for disaster. I, it's tough to watch. I'm sure you guys have been yeah, watching everything. And it it's, is. It's hard because, yeah. you know, unlike some people, you guys see the big picture and everything, and there's there's trends in all of this. You yeah. guys, I'm sure, discussed it this whole hour. Yep. It's definitely it seems a lot worse than uh, losing five games in a row. Well, they, for me, they haven't really been in a position like this in the recent past. Uh, you know, like 2010-11, right after they won that first cup, they broke it down, and, and that team struggled a lot, and then they barely made the playoffs. Like, this is a, that's the closest uh, that they've been to where they are right now. So, I, they've been in some, I don't know. It's it, it it's not really promising. There's not a lot of promise here. And there's so. still not a lot of guys that I trust in the playoffs, period. I I'll say it. I don't trust Forsling. I still don't trust Nick Schmaltz. Definitely don't trust Alex DeBrincat. These guys aren't playoff guys. I, not yet, at least. I mean, Nick Schmaltz, three years down the line, puts on 20 pounds, maybe. But Nick Schmaltz against any other center in the league in the in the playoffs, top two or top two lines, it's like, no way. Well, yeah. That and he uh, he almost gets beat out in faceoff percentage by Ryan Hartman. Who is not a not a natural center, really? So he's actually been pretty good at, at the center position, right? Recently, he's been okay, yeah. But his faceoffs, uh, not not good. He Did actually, you guys talk about my boy Boma? Ah, a little bit. We talked about him a little bit, but you yeah. know, I said, "What are you? What are you going to do with him?" I mean, really, just, what is just he? Give him the do? C already. Shit. Oh God. Jesus. <laughs> oh, uh, oh boy. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> you can find us all on the popular social media at the rink official. Uh, the rink cast account is at the rink cast. I'm at puck and hostel. John is at Jekyll J A E C K E L. Our boy, Mr. A A Ron is late in the Goldie at late in the Goldie on uh, Twitter's on the Twitter's. If you're not following by now, following him by now, what are you doing? Yeah, come on. Uh, you can find all of our content, all of our wonderful content, our flood of content at www.the-rank.com. Um, hopefully really soon. Uh, John didn't really allude to this, but we're, we're working on added features for uh, all of our fans. Uh, they're in development. We're real close. So... Uh, you know, hopefully really soon. I know people have been emailing us, asking us about that. You know, when we can get some kind of uh, added features. And uh, I, I promise they're coming. Promise you. I'm working on them diligently. Um, if you get a chance, please head over to iTunes. Please rate and review us. It just moves us up the uh, standings so that we're, uh, you know, suggested to more people. We'd really appreciate that. If you want to leave a review, I will read it on the air, good or bad. So uh, I've done all my plugs. Uh, John, uh, I think you did your plug, unless you have any more. No plugs. No plugs. How about you, Aaron? You got anything else you want to plug? Uh, thank you, Lance Boma, for providing us a goal last <laughs> night. Lance Boma uh, and Jonathan Taze, they're, they're your almost desire, the same. Much yeah. appreciated. 
yeah, Lance Lance Bowman and Jonathan Taze are almost the same. They both scored. Two in the same, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's yeah. going to do it for us. Um, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen and support us. Until next week, see you on the link.